Welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for these few moments. Uh, it is Palm Sunday if you're listening to this message uh, on Sunday, but more of that in a little bit here. I do want to say before we jump into our teaching, if you haven't yet discovered the version, absolutely free app, all kinds of resources, and a complete set of notes for this weekend's message. Just uh, look in the menu on the lower right-hand corner under events, search for Arlington FM, and you, there you will find uh, a notes for this weekend's teaching. Also, uh, while you're at it, uh, when you're in your podcast player this week, if you also search for Arlington FM, you'll find all of our teaching content there as well. Well, we are in a series uh, called Disciples, Be One, Make One. And it's based on this, uh, what many believe was the very first invitation from Christ to people to follow him. Here's what he said. Uh, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Uh, that he was actually calling them to uh, experience the kind of life change that allowed them to bring the life of God to others. Imagine that, that we could be so filled in our experience of God and the life that Jesus came to bring that when we show up, God shows up. And uh, all of the things that only God can do, uh, hope is awakened in people. Uh, people are inspired to... Uh, maybe step out of their prisons, uh, relieve some of their burdens, experience uh, God's love for them. Uh, our lives actually become a walking signpost, and we declare uh, that the kingdom of God has come near in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, as you uh, may have learned if you've been with us in our series, uh, being those kinds of people requires a process. In fact, that's really what Luke's gospel is built around, uh, this idea that to become uh, someone that God can use to bring others to himself, uh, we have to go through a dramatic life change. Uh, here's one of the things that Luke wrote in chapter 10. He told the disciples of Jesus, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And uh, what he's saying is that there are a lot of people in the world who would love to experience the hope and the encouragement, the liberty, the freedom, uh, the health, that only God can bring into their lives, uh, but there are few people who will bring that to them. There are few that will actually go through that life change process to where they become uh, carriers of this kind of hope. Uh, you know, I wanna, uh, since we're talking about becoming fishers of men, uh, look at this picture here and uh, guess what this is. Uh, you know, that's not a, an elaborate uh, exotic salad. It's not a painting, it's not a work of art, though some, uh, People may think that it looks like one. Uh, what is this? Well, this is a tackle box. Uh, what is a tackle box for? Well, you carry things that will help you catch fish, that will actually help you become effective at catching fish. Now, I know some of you who like to fish, your blood's probably boiling as you look at this array of lures and uh, other things that are, uh, again, uh, made to help you be effective. Well, uh, if you look through Luke's gospel, uh, Jesus gives a lot of teaching that will actually help people become effective at reaching others. And we're going to take a whirlwind tour uh, through most of Luke's gospel. And so hang on to your hats. I want to list to you some of the things that Jesus said that will actually help you become fishers of people. Uh, first and foremost, uh, he says that real love meets people at their point of need. He told the story of the Good Samaritan. 
uh, he highlighted that devotion to God comes before any duty that we could carry out through the person of Martha and Mary. Mary chose to be at the Lord's feet. Uh, never stop praying. Uh, Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock until you receive, until you find, until the door is opened up to you. He talked about conquering the evil within ourselves. He said we can't really divide the spoils. We can't bring freedom to others until we experience freedom from our personal demons ourselves. Uh, following that, uh, Jesus taught, live from the inside out. Uh, don't be like the Pharisees who cleaned the outside of the cup, but inside were full of dead men's bones. Uh, following that, Jesus talked about uh, not becoming a hypocrite, uh, saying one thing, putting burdens on others, but not really living out the truths of God ourselves. Uh, Jesus talked about using the things that we have to love people, told a story of a rich fool who accumulated a lot of things, thought he could take it easy in the latter part of his life, but uh, God required his life of him sooner than he thought. And he said, you should have been rich towards God. You should have used your things to love people. Uh, and we can rest and trust in God's generosity. We don't have to fret and be anxious about uh, the things that we need in life because we have a heavenly father who cares for us. We can live ready to, for God to return, for Jesus to return and uh, draw his people to himself. And we can work until quitting time. We can be doing the things that please God uh, right up until that time that Christ returns. Uh, Jesus talked about not becoming judgmental, religious fanatics, who again pay attention to rules and regulations, but overlook the greater concerns of God to show mercy and compassion to people. Uh, Jesus talked about how small and genuine always wins out that God's kingdom is like a mustard seed. It's like a little leaven spread in a loaf. Pay attention to the little things. Don't sweat the big ones. Uh, Jesus talked about humbling yourself and letting God lift you up. Uh, don't choose the best seats, don't look for recognition, uh, but work behind the scenes and God will pay attention and lift you up. Uh, invite others. It's, it's part of who we are as followers of Christ. Jesus told story after story, the parable of the empty banquet, where God's heart is go find people to come and experience the fullness that I've created for them, which leads to Luke 15, reach others as your top priority in this life. That which is lost needs to be found, a lost sheep, a lost coin, a lost son. Uh, use your stuff to reach people. Uh, Luke 15 is followed by Luke 16, where Jesus tells the story of a shrewd servant who uses what he has to make friends for himself. Uh, share and care for the poor. Uh, Jesus told the story of a rich man who ends up in hell because he had all his comfort in this life and chose not to care about those who had nothing, which is the opposite of God's heart. And we can live with gratitude. Uh, Jesus healed 10 lepers, but only one of them returned to say thank you. Uh, never stop praying. You hear that one before? Never, never stop praying. Jesus told a story of a widow who kept bothering the judge until she got the justice that she was seeking. Uh, stop judging others. Uh, just quit that. He told the story of a Pharisee who went up uh, to, to find God. And as he was there, he critiqued those that he was better than. And another man came up, a tax collector who beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. 
And uh, to cap it all off, Jesus teaches about being staying childlike in our faith, uh, disciples uh, choosing to be at the end of the line, choosing to be the least of these, and choosing to love the little ones. Well, uh, here's my question after going through all that uh, training for becoming fishers of people. Do you got all that? You got it all memorized? You got it all incorporated into your life? Well, the answer is, of course not. And uh, as we come uh, to Luke chapter 19, at the end of uh, this series, this curriculum for becoming the kind of people that bring God to others, it actually brings us to Palm Sunday. And uh, the events of this incredible week we call Holy Week, where uh, really uh, Jesus does the one thing that allows all of these other things we just race through to become growing realities in our lives. Uh, it's an amazing week, really, that begins with Jesus's entry into Jerusalem. And it's re this remarkable mix of humility and royalty and authority. And uh, as we go through these events, uh, begin to capture and uh, focus on some of those realities. Uh, and as uh, we're told, that as Jesus is approaching the city of Jerusalem, it says Jesus took the 12 aside and he told them, look, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. It's all going to happen the way I've explained it to you. That he will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him. They will insult him. They will spit on him. They will flog him. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. That's a pretty clear description of what's in store for Jesus and his followers this week. And, uh, and then this uh, eye-opening statement, the disciples did not understand any of this. Uh, it all went over their head. They were clueless. Uh, its meaning was absolutely hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. Yeah, you know, uh, you want to relate? to what the disciples must have been feeling at this point. Uh, you ever get a test or an essay back that had this on it? You know, uh, th that's not a good feeling, especially the comment that says, uh, see me after class. You know, uh, it's like you're going to get your comeuppance. It's time to take your medicine. You've got the insult. Now it's time to, you've got the injury. Now it's time to add insult to it as well. Well, uh, it's never fun to receive a failing grade, uh, but that's exactly uh, what the scriptures tell us about the disciples. Uh, these 12 who had been with Christ for uh, three years, they'd been in training to become the kind of people who bring God to others and others to God, and yet they, they didn't understand a thing about the one thing that would change everything. And uh, here's the truth. If you want to become someone that God uses to reach others, get used to failing forward. It's part of the process. Uh, failures along the way are going to happen. It's a part of our journey. In fact, uh, Jesus focuses uh, on Peter as we really get in uh, to this, what we call Holy Week. But parts of it are quite unholy. In fact, uh, when you talk about failing, uh, Jesus focuses on his model disciple. Here's what he says to Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. I don't know exactly what that means, but it doesn't sound fun. The devil has asked if he could uh, sift you all like wheat. But I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith 
may not fail. And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. But Simon replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me. You will deny three times that you even know me. And uh, so here's the truth that comes out of Peter's life. If we want to become people who bring God to others and bring others to God, failing is not optional, but learning from it is. You know, all of us are going to go through setbacks in our faith journey. We're going to have those seasons where we simply are not doing, living the lives that God has called us into, that Jesus is inviting us to experience. We will fail, but we get to choose. Are we going to learn from that failure? And uh, see, uh, failing forward is a reality. Uh, in Christ's kingdom, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have flaws. Uh, but Jesus said, look, I prayed for you. Then in the midst of your flaws and your failures and your setbacks, uh, will you be open to God uh, incorporating things into your life that you can then uh, use to help others? And see, Jesus prays, for us, the same way he prayed for Peter. I pray that your faith doesn't fail when you do, and that after you've returned, that you would help others with what you've gained. You know, this truth that our, there's gain in our pain, that our test can become our testimony. This was one of the first things I learned as a new follower of Christ, that God could actually take my broken history and turn it into his story. And that's exactly what's happening with Peter and the disciples here as they come face to face with the fact that they don't know anything after three years of following Jesus. At least they haven't incorporated it into their lives after you've turned, strengthen your brethren. Uh, Paul writes uh, in one of his letters, we are comforted in all of our afflictions so that in turn we can comfort others with the same comfort that we receive from God while uh, the journey toward Jerusalem and Christ's sufferings, his death, his burial, his resurrection moves forward. And we're told as he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, uh, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. Uh, and if anyone asks you, why are you untying that? Say, well, the Lord needs it. So uh, off they go with these uh, rather unusual instructions. And the, those who were sent ahead went, and they found it just as Jesus had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, hey, what are you doing with that colt? And they replied, uh, look like I need to be fed or just wanted to take it out for a test walk. No, they replied exactly how Jesus had told them to. They said, the Lord needs it. And apparently that was okay with the owners. They brought it to Jesus through their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And so uh, here's the point, and I believe it's why this comes up in the story, is uh, when we don't have a grasp of the big picture, we don't have all the answers, we don't know exactly what's going on. In fact, the disciples knew nothing of what the events that would unfold. Uh, here's one thing we can focus on. Learn to do what Jesus says. 
He gave them very concrete steps. Uh, learn to take the next right step. Many times, that's all you have to go on. But most of the time, that's more than enough. Uh, hear that again. When you don't know the end game, when you don't have the answers to these complex issues that you're facing in your faith journey, learn to just do the next right step. Many times, that's all God gives us to go on, but that's more than enough. They'd failed the big exam. Now it's time to get back to the fundamentals. And uh, the fundamentals are this. Uh, we may not know the outcomes, but we know the one who does. And we know that he is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And if we just do what he tells us to do, uh, he's going to get us where he wants us to be. And, uh, well, the story goes on. It says, when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. If you can imagine the scene. In fact, if you've got the U version, you can open up a video clip and uh, probably watch uh, these events unfolding on your phone or your device. But as they're proclaiming that God's king is arriving in Jerusalem in the holy city, they're proclaiming peace in heaven and glory to God in the highest. Uh, some of the Pharisees, some of the religious crowd said to Jesus, uh, teacher, rebuke your disciples, tell them to shut up. Uh, they shouldn't be crying this out to you. Uh, you're just a human like us. But Jesus said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the very stones will cry out. And uh, here's another point about becoming the kind of people who bring the hope of God to others. It's this uh, irrepressible joy is a mark of authenticity for disciples of Jesus. Uh, irrepressible joy is one of the hallmarks it's one of the, it's like a tattoo. It says, I really do belong to Christ. And uh, see, if, if we really have come to know the one who has overcome the troubles and the difficulties of this world, and he swept us in uh, on the coattails of his victory, then irrepressible joy becomes a part of our lives. And it's part of our witness that God is real and his life is being experienced by us. Uh, well, uh, the story goes on uh, again, this, uh, this intentional uh, focus that Jesus has of going to the, the holy city, Jerusalem, and allowing himself to, be, uh, to become the sacrifice for the sins of the world. We're told as he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he cried over it, uh, he wept over it, and he said, if you, now speaking of uh, the many people within the city, who, who really didn't pay attention to the coming of Christ, uh, his miracles as wonderful as they were, his teaching as unique as it was, the very person and witness of Jesus in their midst. Uh, he wept over them because he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day the things that would bring you peace, uh, but you missed it, and now it's hidden from your eyes and there's going to be consequences. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you. They will encircle you. They will hem you in on every side. Uh, this is beginning to sound rather dire. Uh, they will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. 
They will not leave one stone on another. Because, why? Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And that's a severe statement that broke the heart of Christ. It caused him to cry and weep over these people uh, because he was right there with them. He was right there for them, bringing them all of the resource, the love, the compassion, the forgiveness of God, and they chose not to respond to it. And uh, here's, a, here's a truth that emerges from the words of Christ. There are real consequences to ignoring the still small voice of God's Spirit. There are very real things that we lose in our lives when we choose to ignore the directives of God, the presence of God, the offer of God to help us and guide us in our way. You know, I once had a, a, a woman that was uh, very advanced in years, uh, not only physically, but spiritually, had spent uh, decades upon decades uh, following Christ, uh, celebrating his goodness. As she once made a statement to me, never forget, and it absolutely changed my life. Here's what she said. She said, the wheels of God's consequences Grind very slowly. Sometimes it takes a, a while uh, for the promised consequences of our behavior to catch up with us. But here was the end of her little proverb. Uh, the wheels of God's consequences grind slowly, but they grind very finely. They don't miss anything. Uh, nothing comes through uh, the, the wheels of God's consequence uh, that uh, needs to be fettered out that needs to be separated, uh, good from the bad. And uh, see, missing the time of Jesus' coming, uh, when he shows up in our lives, when he offers us his guidance, his leadership, his direction, his correction, uh, ignoring that can seem like a small thing. Uh, we can say, well, you know, had a thought about what God might want me to do in this situation, chose not to. But eventually, uh, there's going to be consequences if we miss the time of his coming and the things that actually do make for peace, I can think of a very personal illustration in my own life. When I was a newlywed, uh, my wife was uh, very uh, intentional, assertive about uh, asking uh, for things she needed from this relationship and uh, asking uh, in a responsible adult way for me to meet those needs. And uh, as a young uh, husband, I remember my reaction to so much of so many of her requests was to get defensive, was to pull back, and uh, little did I know uh, how in alignment what she was asking for from me was exactly what Jesus was wanting me to give, and uh, I found ways to to miss the time of His coming, uh, to miss those directives He was leading me into, and I can't tell you uh, as the years went by uh, how many times I regretted those initial choices and how much uh, work I had to put in to overcome some of the trends that were set. And see, there are consequences to ignoring uh, the directives, the leadings, uh, sometimes even if they're gentle nudges from the Spirit of God. Uh, Paul writes this in one of his letters, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Uh, a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit or leans into or responds 
to those leadings of God's Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Well, uh, one of the leaders in our groupings of churches and our denomination made this statement that really applies here. Here's what he said. He said, look, deal with your stuff now in a timely way when God is visiting you and showing you the things that make for peace. Deal with your stuff now or your stuff will deal with you later and it won't be kind. And that really is a, a kind of a current way of saying what Jesus said. Uh, we deal with our stuff. We respond in truth to God's uh, invitation now or uh, our stuff will deal with us later. Well, uh, here's a good example of that taking place. When Jesus entered the temple courts, now he's arrived in Jerusalem. He goes right to the temple. Uh, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you've made it into a den of robbers. And uh, here essentially is what Jesus is saying. Uh, if there's things in your life that are hindering you, separating you, distancing you from a real interaction with God, deal with those. Get intentional. In fact, don't settle for an imitation relationship with God. Get intentional, and if it means it, get mad and, and make your relationship and your interaction with God real. My house will be a house of prayer for all nations. And really what Jesus is saying is that temple, that meeting place with God, there should be real transactions that happen between us and God. We can open our heart to God. We can cast our cares on God. We can receive uh, correction and direction and empowerment and life from God. Well, really, uh, as Jesus enters in to the holy city, the beginning of what we call Holy Week, where we'll anticipate the events of his arrest, his mockery of a trial, his suffering, the insults he so clearly spoke about, his death, his burial, his resurrection. It really, it all comes down to this. Uh, it comes down to a, a meal that Jesus celebrated with the 12 uh, to anchor home. Uh, what's going to be the one thing that opens up everything to you? You know, that litany of uh, the tackle box qualities, the virtues, all the things that, that go into our lives that make us authentically uh, spiritual people, uh, people that truly do experience the life of God and are capable and empowered and authorized to bring that life to others. It comes down uh, to the events of the cross. And uh, that's what Jesus uh, brought their focus on as he was about to complete his mission uh, here on earth. Uh, he, he initiated that time by celebrating uh, the Passover meal with his disciples. He introduced something that we call communion. And uh, if guys, if we can find the slide that says that uh, when the hour came, uh, Jesus and his apostles uh, reclined at the table, the Passover table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And, uh, you know, just a, a, an aside, Jesus eagerly desires to have meaningful times with you. Think about that. He eagerly desires to draw you into the kind of conversations with himself that are life-giving, that are life-changing. And uh, he says, uh, "I suffer before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat this meal again until it's uh, found its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And uh, we know the rest of the story. He took the cup 
gave thanks for it. He took the bread. He broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. Do this as often as you will in remembrance of me. In this cup is my blood spilled for the establishment of a new covenant covenant uh, when God would uh, make a new day, when there would be new access uh, for sinners. You know, all the stuff that we've celebrated in Luke's gospel are really only hints of the fullness that was to come when Jesus completed his work on the cross and uh, this communion meal uh, so perfectly uh, symbolizes and brings into focus what really, really matters. And I want to invite you to share a prayer with me. Uh, in this prayer, uh, Lord, we want to thank you for the events of this week, this holy week. We want to thank you uh, for the focus that you had to complete the work that God had given you to do, uh, to create uh, a new day for us, a new opportunity for anyone who calls on you to be saved. And, and I pray, God, as we've listened, rehearsed uh, these words of yours, that more than anything, we would not miss the day of your visitation. We would not overlook the things that make for peace Lord, as we live in, in such a troubled world, there's so much non-peace. Uh, we can be difference makers. We can be people uh, in our little corner uh, of the world. We can experience the peace of God, uh, which will empower us uh, to bring peace uh, into our world. And so, Lord, uh, may we just pause. May we uh, be reminded that you eagerly desire to spend these moments with us, uh, drawing us in to your plan. Lord, we may not have it all figured out, but we can do the next right thing. Uh, maybe as you're hearing this message, you're thinking, you know, uh, I've overlooked the things that make for peace, uh, and I sense that uh, I need to respond uh, to the person of Jesus Christ and his offer to, to bring me life. And uh, I would just encourage you, uh, Say this prayer in your heart or say it out loud. Uh, Jesus, I believe you are who you said you were, that you're the Son of God, you're the Messiah, you've come to set people free, and Lord, I want to open my heart. I, I want you to bring your peace, begin your kingdom in me. Lord, I want to follow you. I want to become the kind of person who not only experiences the life of God, but brings that life to others. And uh, so I open up to you. Jesus, teach me how to follow you. Show me that next right thing that I get to do to express my faith in you. I pray in your name. Amen.